Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from Long Island, New York, the best wrestling podcast in the world, Joseph Crush, Nikki Noodles, Bad News Canali, and Nick Jersey, the Wrestling Journal Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, WrestleBuzz proudly brings to you the best wrestling podcast in the world, the Wrestling Journal Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 39 of the Wrestling Journal Podcast. You do not need to check your what you're listening to. That is correct. This is the Wrestling Journal Podcast brought to you by WrestleBuzz. I am your stand-in host and probably should be the host on a regular basis, NJ3. I'm with the boys the boys that actually come to work every Saturday morning. Joe, Joey's gotten ri- Joey. I'm writing Joey up right now. Actually, this is just way too many days off. He's on the, the chopping block. Well, let me tell you, I know you are the head of our HR department. <laughs> so absolutely. You are the head of HR. So Nick, good morning. Welcome to Saturday. And, and Hey, listen, let the world know he's getting written up. Happy he's Saturday, everyone. Happy, Happy Saturday. Saturday. Beautiful introduction to you, Jersey. Dynamite. Hey. I try my best. It's been a while since I got the pipes out. I know we have another man, a part of our little trio this morning. Bad news, Tom Canale. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, boys. How you doing? What's up, Tommy? The tripod's in full effect. Yeah. Listen, we're the ones who bring the ratings in, to be quite honest. I mean, Tom has a whole fan club out there, which is oh, every time when we see Tom's lo- uh, fan club love, oh, my God, it blows my mind. I'm like, damn, what do I got to do to get some love like that? Well, And, and our producer seemed to lose the selfie stick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, ain't that the truth. <laughs> um, boys, what a week in wrestling. As we do it every week, um, let's break it down. Tom, you did share some news in the chat. I'm hoping you can kind of share with the listeners. What's going on with WrestleMania? Something's yeah, going on with it? What's the yeah, talks? Yeah, they might push the date back to – it was supposed to be the end of March, but it looks like they might move it to middle of April, you know, for obvious, you know, with everything still going on in this country, unfortunately. But, you know, I think – I guess they figured maybe mid-April things will start turning around for the better. Who knows? But – and there's talks that it might go down to Tampa, where it was supposed to be last year. But, you know, obviously we know that didn't happen. It was supposed to be in L.A., that new stadium, but – with California being basically on lockdown for the last six months, it seems like I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. So yeah, looks like they might, they're tossing around the idea of pushing the date. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, I think it'd be better anyway, you know, you know, April, you know, the weather gets a little nicer and everything. I mean, no, it's down Florida, but still it'd be pretty cool to see. No, I'm with you, Tom. And Nick, we'll def- I will definitely want to hear your points. But, you know, you're you're trying to buy yourself more time, right? I think many sports teams and many organizations are trying to, like, buy themselves more time. And then I definitely know I would definitely want to hit Nick with this next one. But look at Buffalo, right? Look at New York. We've been on lockdown in terms of fans and seats. But Buffalo last weekend hosting their first playoff game in, like, 25 years had 6,700 uh, 60, yeah, 6, people there. So yeah. uh, part of Bill's Mafia, you know, out and proud, you know, set, you know, cheering them on. And you know what? They're going to do it again this week, which is cool. So yeah. this leads me to believe that the more time that they buy, the more chances we see some butts in seats, even in some capacity. I know it won't feel like WrestleMania when you pan out and you see the fans as such, but maybe they can somehow put some people in the semi-lower bowl. Because if you put the ring in the middle of the um, of the field, you don't have to put the fans in that area. You can put them in the first 100s, kind of. But I'm sure they can. I'm sure they're playing with ideas. But Nick, I I know you definitely have a a thought on this one. I would definitely want to hear it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 100%. It's just to buy more time, right? If it goes to mid-April, baseball season will be kicked off. So I think they're going to probably piggyback of what baseball is doing fan-wise, um, you know, because they, they have their baseball stadiums and the way they're situated. So I think they're going to take some notes on how other places are doing it. Um, but yeah, I think you're like spot that, on with that. I don't, I don't think there's going to be anybody on the floor. I think it's just going to be first bowl and higher. Um, you can spread people out and you can be able to get more people in there with the more spread out and using three or two or three layers of, of seats gives them a, an ample opportunity to create a nice fan base. I'm with you. And you know what, man, they can be very creative with the camera angles, right? They don't need to 100%. have it panned out so wide where you're just focusing on empty seats. You can really make your stage be the centerpiece, which is what it usually is every year, right? Make sure that you get those great shots, you know, however you want to, if you want to, you know, put some of the Thunderdome theatrics within that, just to try to give like that feel of like that special entrance, like that we're always so used to with WrestleMania um, and, and the ring obviously set up as such, but having that, having that real authentic noise, is what it's been missing from these wrestling shows since the pandemic has started. Um, There's only so much crowd noise you can pump into where, you know what I mean? Like after a while you understand where it's coming from, you know what I mean? It's not the same. It's, it's not the same. You can try, you can try to enhance it. You can do your best and it does sound pretty good. It's not as bad as it was in the beginning. Cause yeah. just hearing the mat bump yeah, yeah, for yeah. those couple first weeks and months, <laughs> oh, that was, that, that was, was brutal. It that was brutal. You really miss the crowd. It's like, okay, no crowd, but man, you really like, holy crap, it's really, yeah, different. Well, now now you I can see how important it is in every sport, right? Yeah. I mean, think about it, everything huge. that we've watched. Mm-hmm. I mean, without the crowd, you just sometimes you feel like you don't even really want to watch, man. That's that's hard. That's tough. Sometimes, and this is no disrespect to Michael Cole, at, uh, Corey Graves, or any of the guys. Great, I would go on mute. Yeah, I'd go on mute and put the and put the closed caption just because it just it felt awkward, like watching it with just hearing the. The bang and the bang of the, <laughs> the ring. I thought like it was back and, in the gym. And you could see the announcers don't get as excited either because, you know, they feed off a crowd too, just like everybody yeah, else. You know, yeah. you get in that moment. Absolutely. Um, so let's see. I mean, I think it's a good move. Um, why not? Give yourself two more weeks. It doesn't hurt, right? It doesn't no, this, hurt. What, at this, what, at this stage it, of the game, it doesn't time. matter. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Exactly. And by then, I, I will almost guarantee th- things will be opening up uh, uh, way more than, than uh, anticipated. I, I hope so. Sure that. Yeah. I hope so. And listen, we're not going to get political on this because we like wrestling, we like sports, and and that's what it is. But there is there is a vaccine out there. People are taking it. Yeah, there's tons um, of things that are helping. So I think that exactly. I think that there are a lot of things that are helping towards hopefully getting a little bit back to normal. So um, cool. Let's see what happens with WrestleMania. But let's get into the week of wrestling. But before we do so, I think we have to have a word from our sponsors at Paper Champion. Do you love fantasy sports and professional wrestling? Of course you do. So join Paper Champion. It's free to play, win real prizes, gifts, trophies, and more. Signups for Season 5 are currently underway. Do you have what it takes to be the next Paper Champion? If so, contact us at kfabecup at gmail.com. Once again, that is kfabecup at gmail.com. Paper Champion. Fantasy Wrestling Done Right. That is right. Fantasy Wrestling Done Right. Monday and it starts right after, right after Mania, correct? Yep. What's that? Okay. <clears throat> the new season, new season starts after That's Mania. right. Okay. Thank you. See, look at this. See, Joey, I know you're home right now. Just counting your checks. Going to the bank. Sucking his um, thumb. Sucking your thumb. <laughs> Getting the formula out for the baby. You drinking a little formula with her. I, 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 I know that's how you I roll. Uh, you better not steal Don't tell me, Tom. And listen, <laughs> this is you guys share for the audience. Joey's having a little – he's putting a little formula in his cereal with Olivia in the morning, right? Has to I'm be. I'm sure he has. No one he has. has. <laughs> he's such a crazy – he's a freak. 
Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All love. And listen, Joey, if you like the formula, enjoy it, right? I just want the, I just want the listeners to know. Um, Monday Night Raw. So actually, Tom, hit us with a little bit of bad news because unfortunately we had a missing WWE champion. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Yeah, unfortunately, Drew McIntyre got hit with our old friend, Mr. My Corona. Yeah, oh my Corona. My Corona. Yeah, so I mean. <laughs> Great talk. <laughs> unfortunately, he said that he had no symptoms, which, you know, was always good. But still, I mean, it's, you would think at this point, I mean, it's crazy because I, I was reading that. He said he hardly leaves his house. He only goes to work, and basically that's it. So he must have got someone there. I don't know. but And there was talks that four other people got it there, and there was an outbreak through other companies. So, I mean, Jeez. it's crazy. Damn catering. Damn yeah. caterers. I know it had to be them. It had to be somebody because, you know, I mean, you think 10 months, you know, of this, you know, people will be safe and whatnot. But, yeah, it's just – just crazy, but he was on Raw. You know, he was pre-taped. He did some segments and stuff, and he looked good. He, he looked fantastic. Yeah, I know symptoms, which, you know, is always good. So, hopefully, you know, we'll be back in another week and a half, wherever it is, 10 days. So, yeah, he'll be back for Rumble. But, yeah, just, just – I mean, when I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, not him. So, it was just I know. unreal. But, you know, unfortunately, it is what it is. So, yeah, that's the bad news for the week. It is no, what it is. And on top of that bad news, though, it's unfortunate, too, because – you have a part-time wrestler that he's going to be taking on at Royal Rumble, and you really can't promote the fucking fight if he's not there. The one guy that needs to be there isn't there. It's really, I mean, it makes it makes the Goldberg situation look even worse. <laughs> and make it even it, worse. It and it's nobody. And this one's no one's fault. You know what I mean? It's no one's fault. But it's just you know, it's tough when they try to cram these things together for a three-month window to get you know to hype up a pay-per-view, and it can't happen. Of course. No, I'm with you guys. It's, it's going to be a real tough build to Royal Rumble. And Rumble's right around the corner, like literally right around the corner. So I know Drew two did weeks, his right? thing. Two weeks, I think it's two yeah, weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Shit, man. Drew, Drew, Drew did his thing, and, and like Tom alluded to in his pre-tape segment, saying that Goldberg is next. And I think Drew, and I want to you know give kudos to Drew because I thought he did a good job in kind of like – Again, I don't blame him for, I think, the folly of what that interaction was on Legends Night, but I do commend him for him trying to kind of get it back on track, him trying to kind of set the record straight. Listen, I wasn't disrespecting the Legends. How do you know what I'm thinking? You don't even know me, all right? You may think you know me, but you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm Drew McIntyre. This is my WWE, and the damn right it is. So I know who I'm going to be in. Um, so, but I really, I got to give kudos. I did like what he had to say to Goldberg and kind of set that up. So, uh, I'm assuming we're going to have to get a Goldberg pre-tape segment or in the Thunderdome this coming week on Monday night. Raw to kind of continue this. I, I would, I would assume. I would think I would so. Assume. Yeah. He's yeah. got to show up, man. You got to show up. Yeah. Someone's got to pick up the slack here. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, but, uh, pick up the slack, Nick. Nice way to, uh, seg- segue us in because I do segues. Joey just does, um, really bad three point turns. Um, <laughs> We had we didn't have the Randy Orton Drew McIntyre advertised match going into a role that we were supposed to have. We had another man. Time to play the game. So boys, this was I read a couple things on Twitter and through the wrestling internet wrestling community. And you know, I have you know, I listen to what they say, I think about what I want and want to hear what you guys think. It's always good to see Triple H. You always get hyped up when you hear that motorhead go off and you see him in the ring, man. He always he looks he just he looks himself, man. He always knows how man. to do it. Um, so the, the segment opens up with Randy Orton and Triple H going back and forth and Randy Orton does the normal, you know, Hey, you know what? Stephanie's got your balls in her purse. Like, all right, Randy, get some new material, man. We know he's married. He's married, man. All right. He's got three girls. We got it. He's a, he's a, he's a husband. He's a father. Okay. 
let's do a little something different. All right, just messing around. I know that was probably the writers, but maybe it was Randy. Um, but Randy challenged Triple H to a fight at the end of the night, and Triple H obliged. Now, boys, I want to hear what you had to think. I know, Randy, you aren't Triple H. We've seen it 100 times, right? So we know what we're going to get. It's going to be physical. It's going to be hard-hitting. It's going to be great. It's, it's what it took us through different eras of wrestling, and I love it. But thinking about it in this manner, right, I want to pose this question to you guys. We are always talking about how crappy the storylines are on Raw and how that they don't know how to elevate talent. It's easy for Triple H to stand up for the legends, right? It's an easy, easy win. But would it have been a better way to insert someone else to kind of step up for the legends or step up for the locker room that hasn't been getting as much time on TV? Now, Tom, I'll start with you. Um, I'm sure you love seeing Triple H, right? Who doesn't? Yes. But do you think that – and now think about it now, a week, almost a week past Raw. Do you think Triple H was the best person for that, or do you think they could have utilized someone from the back to give them like a little push to have a small little program with Randy Orton before um, the Fiend comes, hopefully inevitably back and brings him to hell? Um, I think if it, the Raw wasn't going against the national championship game, they would have used somebody. But being that they had to, you know, get you know some ratings, I think they had to use Triple H. You know, oh wow, Triple H is going to be on, so let's watch it type of thing. You know what I mean? So. That's the only reason why. But, I mean, obviously that wasn't going to be the case. You know, you're going to have Orton and McIntyre for the belt, but uh, a match. But, obviously, that didn't happen because, you know, Drew with everything. But, no, I think – for that one, you know, one little thing being that they're going against that game, I think they needed Triple H there, you know. It was, you know okay. They need it. They need it. But now let's – now let put um, – let's think no national championship game. Let's just think storyline. You still th- – I mean, I'm listen, I'm not trying to convince you. I just yeah, want to no, hear I, your I, analysis – no, no championship game. This is Monday Night Raw. We're just leading into Royal Rumble. Triple H is still your guy, and it is. That's that's great. I'm just curious. Um, you know, I'm like 50 50 on it. But you know, I, I mean, who would they put in there? You know, I mean, who in the? I really at this point, who who are they going to use to go against Orton for like basically probably like a one off type thing? You know what I mean? So. Well, that's the problem is they don't they don't allow anyone to kind of get any momentum enough that it would be believable that they could step up to Randy Orton and even run a one or two week program with him leading up into Royal Rumble. I mean, could you throw? I mean, I, I mean, I doubt it would have, but it'd be pretty cool to see Ricochet maybe step up. I mean, that would have been cool. Like, give him a little push, but you know, I would have loved to have seen something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who, you know, but I, just because the whole circumstance, it had to be Triple H. But no, I mean, if I had to pick someone, I, I say maybe Ricochet, hopefully, you know, but you know, obviously it didn't happen. So we'll see what happens, but you know, with him. A lot of stuff doesn't happen, my friend, that we'd hope to see happen. But, uh, hey, that's why we do this, right? We break it down and we give them the business. Yeah. Nick, I know you definitely got something to say. I know you love Triple H, and I do too. Love I'm not Triple trying H. to give in to you. But just, you know, just, these are just the boys talking on a Saturday morning with the people. Oh, uh, giving, giving it how, that, how, that, how the evening ended, I think that it wouldn't have been smart to behoove anyone randomly into that situation. And I think Roy has done the absolute worst job with character development. And literally, when you look up and down the Roy roster, everyone, you know, the, the five main guys are already kind of intertwined in some little storyline or whatever. But there's literally nothing else, right? You look at SmackDown's roster, and it is loaded from top to bottom, right? They're pulling out Shinsuke and Cesaro and all these guys, and they're bringing them up to the forefront again. Roy doesn't have that. Yeah, no. Roy doesn't have that. You know, uh, I like Drew Gulak. He's wrestling AJ Styles, the best wrestler on the planet, right? That's how desperate they are to try to create stars. And for me, the only other potential person that could have been involved in that storyline, given how it ended, would have been Sheamus, in my personal opinion, mm. right? If, Sheam- if Sheamus yeah. loses to Orton and then somehow you tie him back in and maybe, you know, Austin McIntyre the title at Royal Rumble, that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. Outside of that, Triple H was the only guy. And at the end of the day, if there's an opportunity to see Triple H, I'm all for it. Just because, of of, you know, we don't, his time is kind of borrowed now, right? He, he didn't, yeah. This was the first time I think ever he did not wrestle one time all year. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so his, his uh, desire to wrestle clearly is on the decline. So any chance we get to see him, you know, we got to appreciate it when we do get the opportunity for him to do it. Because every time he seems to do it, he always gets hurt, and that sucks. I agree yeah. with you, man. And and to both you guys, to your points, Ricochet, Sheamus, I think would have been awesome, awesome people to insert into that potential storyline. But what Nick alluded to, and obviously what Tom alluded to, is that we had the national championship game. It was a blowout. Um, <laughs> Alabama did yeah. their thing, and I, uh, as, as a giant check. fan, I'm hoping <laughs> that we get to draft one of those wide receivers, though. Bring one of those boys over to uh, to MetLife, please, God. Yeah. Roll, roll um, tie, baby, roll tie. Yeah, man, those guys. It's just like an NFL factory over oh, there. God, it's, it's like the AAA of the, the AAA of, of football is is yeah, Alabama. It's, it's absolutely insane. But no, boys. I mean, listen, that was a great, great take on both your parts. I thought it was good. And and Nick, great point. Like you said, the way that they scripted it to end, there it wouldn't have made sense to kind of have that overshadow the person in the ring. It doesn't overshadow Triple H because he's not going to be there for the long haul. So. I like that point you brought too. I just want to see what the boys thought. And I was, you know, try to make you think a little bit. Cause I don't know, Joey, he just gives you lob questions. It's like home runs every question. It's like, Joe, it's Joey, was rolling his yes. eyes. Joey was rolling his eyes when he heard Triple H was wrestling. You know, that's, that's the type of guy hey, he is these days. Listen, if he could have, um, you know, yeah, that's probably true, but you know, Hey, what are we going to do? But uh, next I want to hear what you hear, what you guys think about this. So Charlotte took on her stepmom. Um, Lacey Evans, the stepmother of Charlotte Flair, um, you know, we've seen, you know, we've seen family feuds before, but this is a, this is a family feud to another level. Um, all right, I just, I just kind of, I was hoping just to throw that in there. I just want to make a joke out about it. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, Charlotte did take on Lacey Evans and, uh, Ric Flair at, at ringside and, um, Ric Flair crossed his door to the match and the stepmom won. So we see what Ric Flair's alliance, uh, allegiance is with, and it's with the new mama. How do you guys feel about that? You know where my allegiance is. I'm, oh, I know you I'm, do. I'm all, oh, yeah. I'm all about the women's rights. I know you're a nasty. I know you're a nasty. And you'll read those rights as many times as you can. Um, all right, boys. I was just messing around with that one. I just want to kind of get your thoughts. Um, so, Raw, you know, again, I know we say it every week, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. There was a lot of moments. There wasn't a lot of, I believe, character building. Nick said it before. Drew Gulak took on AJ Styles for a spot in the Royal Rumble. Drew Gulak's not going to beat AJ Styles. Yeah, Come no. on. Yeah, no. and, and everything else and everything else is literally recycled every single week. Sheamus and and, and Keith Lee, Miz and Morrison, uh, the Hurt Business and Riddle. Uh, you know, uh, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax versus Manny and Dana. I mean, how many fucking times do we got to do the same shit and nothing change? Yeah, nothing changes. And then when, and then when, and then when they have these results, they're not propelling any other new direction. They just keep going back to the same thing. Yeah. Right. And I am dying for for Shayna and Nia to break up. Please yeah. break yeah. up, God. I'm hoping. The only, reason why, the only reason why I even turned into Raw was because Triple H was there. Outside of that, I probably wouldn't even watch it. Yeah. That's, that's how bad said, it is. That said, yeah. Oh, listen, let's get to a little bit of better conversation because that just brings me down, and I don't like being a downer. You know what I mean? I just, I, I like to wake up. I'm You're a happy guy. Energy. I'm full of energy. I just had my fan. I share with the boys. I had a beautifully crafted omelet. Um, it's not IHOP crafted because I, I, I did make a little good. break. It was pretty, it was nice. pretty, yeah, pretty nice. Pretty good. So I'm in a good mood, and I want to talk about some good wrestling. And where we, where we find majority of the good wrestling is towards the end of the week which is so funny, Wednesday and Fridays. So let's get into Wednesday and let's pick up um, with NXT. Now, 
it was funny. Joey actually, at the aforementioned Joey, the host, and I put that in big air quotes, Mr. I miss four shows uh, already. And we're not even 40 shows into our, our season, I guess. Um, <laughs> posed the question. Shanti or Candice? Parker, Eddie Kingston. Both good opening contests. But we're, since we're in NXT, let's talk about Shanti and, uh, and Candice. In my opinion, you know, and I want to hear what you guys got to say, of course, good opening match by two girls that are continuing this feud. And you know what I like about this feud a little bit is they've traded wins and losses with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what you what have I to do, do to keep a feud yeah. entertainable. Right, <laughs> right. They traded, exactly. They traded wins and losses. They're keeping the feud entertaining. They take a little break, right? Yeah. They're not They're not at each other every week. Shanti can have another match. Candice could be a part of a funny segment. They can bring each other back again. They can go apart, come back. That's how you kind of kind of like tailor a feud a little bit. Because if you think back, the Shanti and Candice thing has gone on for months now. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been in war games. They've had one-on-ones. They've been in mixed tag matches. That you know, they're they're doing these things where we're they're kind of. I don't. I don't say. I don't want to say that in a bad way, dragging or drawing out, but they're drawing out the feud in I think a good manner. So. Boys, you know, with just, you know, me just kind of, you know, giving you my opinion. I mean, you know, Tommy, what, you know, Candice and Chauncey, before getting to the match, we know the match is good. Mm-hmm. But I just want to hear what you think about how they've built the storyline a little bit, and how they've kind of tried to show us a different way of writing a, a feud and how it can be done. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, it's been going on. When, when did she destroy her tank? I forgot. I think it was like November-ish or whatever, something it's like that. It's been a while. It's yeah, been right? a while. And it's still fresh. It doesn't feel stale. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, like you said, different weeks. They're in the singles match, war games, mixed tag team, this and that. But it's just, yeah, it doesn't feel like, oh, my God, this again type of thing. It's just because they're doing it like, like every couple of weeks. And it's awesome. I mean, Shotzi's going against, you know, her and the other people on the way type of thing, which is pretty cool to see. You know, she's shooting, you know, tank things at Austin Theory and all that stuff. Mm. You know, so it keeps it kind of fresh. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's just been great. I mean, anytime those two are in a match together, always great and everything. But, no, it's been been a lot of fun and you know what else can we say it's nxt they know what they're doing down there so you know just right. keep it going you know and everything but now that's raw has to you know get some points from the nxt uh riders down there so yeah they sure do and nick i want to pose a specific question to you as such listening to what i said and what tommy said you're a big person on believability right that's mm-hmm. your thing you want to be engaged because you want to believe that there's a chance for one of the other opponents to win Seeing how the Shanti and Candice feud has gone over, like Tom alluded to, possibly I think towards November was when the tank got blown up, and now we're in January. It's been months now. Are you in? And you're, and like, you're still intrigued, and you're still okay. intrigued and invested. Yeah. That okay. is incredible, and that's how things are supposed to be done. It's not a. I'm not. I don't want to say it's not difficult because it is, right? I mean, to to, to keep people fresh for an extended period of time and to keep a, a rivalry going, there's a lot of work that needs to be done into it. A lot of it's a testament to the characters, to the quality of the wrestlers. Major factors in there. But the formula is still the formula, right? At the end of the day. And I think people need, they need to do a better job of being able to allow talent to be able to work and do their thing and not tell them what they need to do and just scrap this, scrap that, and just do things on the fly. It's ridiculous. There's no ever set plan that they could always tie back to. It's just, shit, we had a bad week in ratings. Let's just rummage the same shit together and think it's going to work. It ain't working anymore. Right, right. And I thought this was a really good way to kind of open up our NXT segment because I, I know, you know, it's 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 cool to be able to see something like this take place down there. And like Nick said before, and even Tommy said, it, it still feels fresh. It still feels special. You're still intrigued. You still want to see the outcome because they've done good ways to bring up both ladies where you don't know who's going to win on, on yeah. Wednesday. You, yeah. It could have been Candice. It could have been Shauncee. 
Does it hurt you either? And you and you would be cool either either way. Right. Right. And I think that's where they need to kind of get to. Um, because Shanti got the win in the mixed tag match. Candace got the win in the one-on-one, which leads me to believe is there there's gotta be another face-off. And it's cool because I'm actually looking forward to seeing it and I want to see them up the stakes again. Give me a little something more. You know what I mean? And I mean more in the ring at a stipulation. Yeah, absolutely. We do have a takeover coming up eventually soon. You can always do it there. That is the way. Um, But one thing that we did see is that there is going to be a Dusty Women's Cup Classic. And we did see a team form on NXT, Shanti and Ember Moon. So we know that is a team that's been announced that's for the a good Dusty one. That's Women's a nice Classic. One. That's yeah. Nice yeah. And it's cool because we haven't seen Ember in a little bit. Um, she's back now. And, you know, I'm happy to see her kind of align herself with Shanti. And let's see what kind of goes on. Because I think the last time we saw her was in the War Games match. I mean, you guys yeah. keep me honest. I know Tommy, you're our stack guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember seeing her yeah. since War Games, if I'm honest. Yeah. So and I'm a and I'm a big Ember guy too. I think she's extremely talented and freakishly athletic. Yeah, yes. she deserves. She, she, deser- she deserves. Right, right. Yeah. She offers something unique. She's definitely unique. Yeah. And her going back to NXT was the best thing that could have happened to her. Oh, she got, lost. She got, got stunned her off the top yeah. rope is like yeah. the, one of the greatest finishes of all time. Yeah, Dude. and she does it really well, man. And there's yeah. some it's cell jobs on that every <laughs> time. It's yeah. unbelievable. I got to give her credit, man. I'm an Ember Moon guy, too. I'm with you, and I'm happy that she found her way back to NXT, whatever it had to be. And I hope it wasn't just because of the injury and they think they had to, like, give her more time to ring, get ring rest off. I hope it was just the fact that she thrived down there and she did her best work down there. And the way you kind of get ratings and, and, and such is you need to put the talent on the shows to succeed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a simple formula. We say it all the time, and we'll say it every week until we stop doing the show. And we'll tell our kids, and our kids will tell our kids, and that's how, that's how the circle of life goes. Um so we had our first match in the Dusty Classic, the Grizzled Young Veterans taking on Joey's favorite team, Everrise, because they're a bunch of J-Brones, just like he is. Um, it was a good opening contest, um, but what we probably saw was going to take place was, of course, the Grizzled Young Veterans were going to win. So, And they did such. And they are going to be taking on next week the winners of Kushida and Leon Ruff versus the Ways, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. So that should be fun. Love the way. Love the way. Yeah. Love the way. Um, Tommy, Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano. This is yeah. a little bit like you and Nick right here because he's a big Johnny guy and you're a big <laughs> Loomis guy. So it's actually kind of funny that we're going to talk about this match. But um, we had Johnny taking on Dexter this week and what I thought was actually a very enjoyable, good match. Mm-hmm. Now, Tommy, keep me honest. Um, I don't think Loomis has lost yet in NXT yet to this point, correct? I Do you remember think- him losing or maybe he made those one time? I think one or two, yeah. I think uh, against you know Joey's favorite jabroni, that fucking Grimes, you know character. Ooh. You know, I, I think he did take a trip to the moon. Yeah, <laughs> oh, maybe take one trip to the moon. Okay, you yeah. know what it is? It's it's yeah. hard to keep up with the wins and losses every week unless yeah. they kind of like promote it and say it like on like, yeah. you know commentary, like oh undefeated Dexter Loomis. So I wasn't sure, but either way, um, good. You know, two good guys, two good guys with good storylines that have been building their way. Johnny Gargano is doing. In my opinion, I know there was a really terrible Jay Brown sort of article that came out this week, and we can definitely hit on that in a second. Yeah. Um, putting down Johnny Gargano as not a performer, I think it was Tommy. What was a TV, what was that a TV personality? A TV personality, and who yeah. said this such terrible news? Well, you know, everyone's favorite, you know, living back in the seventies and eighties, Mister Jim Cornette. You know how that guy is. Son of a bitch! I can't, I can't believe that shit, man. It's unbelievable. I know I mean, for a fact that. 
that when Johnny Gargano is on the screen, Nick stands up and he is glued to the TV. Listening. I run to I run to the room. I put my Johnny G socks on and I get jacked up. And then I do and then I put him in my my Matt Riddle sandals. Then you kick you kick you kick you kick him off. Tommy, I didn't mean to interrupt you, bud. What were you gonna say? I apologize. No, I'm just saying. I mean, how could you not be uh, entertained by him? I mean, the guy. I mean, him turning heel was the best thing that happened to him. He's freaking awesome as a heel. He really is. I. I mean, I couldn't be more entertained now yeah. by Johnny than I was. We were fortunate, right? We've 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 seen so many of the good matches, the DIY matches, and the Johnny matches when he had the feud with Adam Cole. I feel, and and I, I know it's hard to say this. Like, I think he's done all he could as a face, and I think this new heel persona and character allows him to do even more. And stretch even farther because we know he can succeed as a face and he can always go back to that. But could he do it as a heel? And I think when you can do it on both sides, it makes you a full, like it gives you the full picture. Yeah. So I, I love it. And I disagree with Cornette completely. I think Johnny is more, uh, I see his personality more today than I did as a face. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. yeah but, and the best part about turning heel too, though, is when, once you become in tune with how it would be a good heel, I think when you do eventually turn face again, it only enhances you to yeah. perform better as a face too. Because you get, now you get both sides of the spectrum and what it takes to succeed on both ends. I mean, I there's certain guys. There's certain guys that just want to be a heel. I mean, look at Orton. I think he's best as a heel. Rollins, I think he's best as a heel. I think Gargano might be. I mean, even though we had the whole Johnny Wrestling thing back in the day, I him as a heel is freaking perfect. So I hope he sticks with it. I also think you know, too, though, like uh, we're kind of biased though because like it's cool to be a heel, right? To be the bad guy and all that. So yeah. like. You always, you're always excited. You're always excited. I try to. It's always exciting to, to see a guy do really good work as a guy because the thrill of the chase is what is what you're gravitating to. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like it's not as cool to be the face anymore because especially in today's world when you can't do the things that they did that we enjoyed during the Attitude Era, right? Everything is truly scripted. Everything is like got to be PG and, and the goody two-shoes stuff. So it's not as exciting. That's why everyone right. loves Stone Cold because it was yeah. just so yeah. fucking different. Yep. It really was. And you know what? The fans got to love Johnny for what the Johnny wrestling character was. And they got behind him because he was that true underdog, relatable, yeah. that true yeah. underdog. but now it's time to expand him. And he is doing some fantastic work. So getting back to the match, Johnny and Loomis, I thought it was a really good match. You know, Johnny's a smaller guy. Loomis is a big guy, but Johnny knows how to wrestle big and he knows how to wrestle small, which is cool. And I thought Loomis did a really good job in that match. Kind of, um, you know, having the flow and having good chemistry in the match. There was a little outside interference. Austin, theory you know everyone's favorite um i guess stepchild because i guess johnny and candace adopted him and and indy so we'll call him a stepchild um he got involved but and actually ended up costing loomis the match so not a normal not a normal loss we don't normally see loomis lose on a regular basis like i know it's what trying to get to before but i thought all in all i i did enjoy the match for what it was and um you know I think sky's the limit for both Johnny and Dexter. Oh, absolutely. Man, man and he lost on a roll-up, I believe, right? He lost on a roll-up, yeah. too. So yeah, there's right. no harm in, in something, you know, yeah. small like that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, we had a segment, we won't stay on this one, because I definitely want to go to the next the next ta- uh, talking point, is we had a segment where Wade Barrett sat down with Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa to speak about the fight pit. I'm excited for this, and I'm sure you guys definitely both remember, this is going to be the second fight pit we're going to get. Uh, the first one was Riddle and Thatcher. And to be quite honest, I thought Riddle was going to win but he lost and it made the fight pit become almost like a Timothy Thatcher specialty, right? Mm-hmm. Where you only bring it out for big times and you don't let him lose in that match. So yeah, I he, won't takes, go- he takes a lot of L's elsewhere. That's the problem with Thatcher. Unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. So I, we'll, we'll, we'll go quick with both you guys, Nick Thatcher, uh, Champa 
fight pit coming up. I, I have to think Thatcher's going to win this because Champ has already beat him clean. Yeah, I, I would think so too. And then they could finish off the final feud in, in, in the, you know, the last, you know, I guess the, the, it would be the three, right? The three yeah, Manila it, type of deal for them. Three Manila, <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, how could you not want to sign up for that to begin with? And yeah, it would make sense to keep to keep that um, that niche for Thatcher. You know what I mean? Especially if you're, right. if you're going to use use him to propel other people in other areas, it'd be nice for him to have his own thing. And if eventually whoever beats him there, it will be you know could be launched into NXT stardom. Exactly. Ch- Chompa exactly. doesn't need that. You know. No, no. Chompa's a main he, man. And I agree he's, with he's you. Already, he's already he's already a uh, Mount Rushmore of uh, NXT. So he's done some real special stuff down there. He's given us a lot of good memories, and I I love that guy. Um, we're going to go into the next, um, dusty cup, um, I guess opening round match. Now this one's going to be, this one was interesting, right? We always have our internet wrestling community as smart as some are, you know, some are right, some are wrong, but for this one, we had a team MSK. Now, you know, you know, Joey, he goes on, he goes on the Twitter, right? The Twitter. Oh, by the way, you can find us on Twitter at WrestleBuzz with three Z's and on Instagram at WrestleBuzz. Sorry, forgot to plug that, but I'll do it a couple times during the show. Um, so Joey was talking to his internet wrestling community friends um, that he loves to talk to on a regular basis. Who is MSK? Who is this mystery team in this cup that we don't know about? Um, so Jake Atlas and Isaiah Swerve Scott took on MSK. To, for us to find out, MSK is actually Wesley and Nash Carter. That's who they are in NXT. They're formerly known as the Rascals in Impact. And they went under the names of Desmond uh, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. And they spent from, I think, 2018, like 2020 in Impact Wrestling. So we have a debut of the Rascals in NXT. And to be quite honest, and I'll definitely want to hear you guys' point, they brought out some moves that you don't normally see in a WWE match on a regular basis. You see a little bit more in like an indie product and more like an AEW Ring of Honor or just a regular indie, you know, type of match. There were some really good spots. I actually really, really enjoyed their um, their debut, and I thought it was a great way to insert a tag team into arguably the most important tag team competition they have year to year, which is the Dusty Cup. Um, so I thought it was awesome. We did get MSK getting the win, but uh, Tommy, MSK debut, the Rascals, as, as people do know them. What did you think about it? How would you feel? Yeah, no, it was good. Good debut, and I remember when they got signed. What was it? Earlier this last, earlier last year, whatever it was. So I'm like, okay, cool. Most likely going down to NXT, and sure enough, they did. No, but good tag team guys are awesome. And I don't know if their third, uh, what's his name? Um, who's the third guy I was with? I don't know if he got signed too. Oh, Trey. Trey, yeah, I don't think he signed. I'm not sure if he did or not. But I mean, if he does. I mean, obviously he'll come to NXT also. But no, good debut for them. Awesome match. But you know, it should be a lot of fun with them down there. I agree. And they're going to take on the winners since they won their match against Jake Atlas and Isaiah Swerve Scott. A interesting team because at the, at the end of the match, they went at each other because they've been feuding for a little while. So it was interesting to kind of pair them up. Um, but they're going to take on the winners of Drake Maverick and Killian Dane taking on Kurt Stallion and Joey's boy, August Gray. Um, Nick, we've had a couple new teams announced for the Dusty Women's Cup. We have Candice and Indy, which we figure that is the way. Yep. Uh, Casey and Caden. Casey Canizaro, yeah, Katie solid, Carter, yeah. solid team, nice right? Pair, yeah. They've been a team for a little while now, so it's kind of cool to see them kind of come up a little bit. Um, Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. Okay. That's a powerhouse team. And then, like we said earlier in the show, Shanti and Ember. So we got a couple couple teams announced. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, Nick, I do want to ask you, are you a tower card guy? 
do you like to see what your uh, your your future and your fortunes are? Are you a tower card guy? With Scarlet, would you like Scarlet to read her tower cards for you? Because well, we did because see her it, read because, it. Because it's Scarlet, yes, I would I would take that on the chin. But anybody else, I don't know if I would want to. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm uh, what I'm trying to get at is that we had a nice little vignette of Scarlet reading some yes, tower we cards. Yes, <laughs> Tower cards. How do you pronounce them? I, I, if I offend someone, I apologize. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. But she pretty much was reading the cards, and she pretty much read the card that Damian Priest was the first one, and Finn Balor is the next. Time is coming. Tick tock. Nick, I will send you. They said that the, what they're going to do is release on the NXT shop. Is they're going to release the the, uh, the Scarlet sign tower cards, tower cards. So I'll really? get them for you. For um, I, no, I would I'm just kidding. I'm just messing amazing. around with that one. <laughs> if, if I can get my hands on it, I'll send. That'd it be to a great one. gift, though. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That'd be very cool. You never know. Um, we had Zia Lee come back. She destroyed her opponent again. I don't even think they even announced her this time again. The opponent. I know they did last week. Catalina or Katarina or Catalala. Yeah. Um, this week. <laughs> Boy, she just beat that ass. So um, we'll just leave that at that. Yeah. And then for, in our uh, in our main event, we had Brizango taking on the UE. So we all pretty much knew how this one's going to kind of come out, right? Because so, sometimes these matchups, you know that one team's going to win and one team's not going to win. No disrespect to Brizango, but they're not going to beat the UE in the main event. Come on. No. What are we doing here? Adam Cole and Roddy Strong? Come on. But – Nonetheless, I thought it was still a fun main event. I enjoyed it. We did get the UE to advance, which is good. I'm sure, boys, I mean, if you want to add any points to it, but I'm sure you guys probably predicted that was going to take place, I'd assume. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. 100%. Cool. NXT, good show, enjoyable. I had fun. Can't wait to do it again next week. Um, but then once I got to shift to my other part of the night, and I don't watch it in this order. I don't do NXT, AW. I just wrote my notes down this way. So just so we know, I, I like to report evenly. All right, I'm on one side or the other. Right down the middle. Right right (laughs) down the middle. Actually, you know what? I didn't want to use the word right or left. Straight down the middle. (laughs) Because that's the kind of show that I try to perform here, that I try to kind of run with the boys. Um, AEW, New Year's Smash Night 2. It was so big, we needed two nights. It was so nice, we want to see it twice. Um, Show opens up, like we were saying before, Pac and Eddie Kingston. This was actually a good match. I got to give Joey a little credit, right? I don't like to give him too much credit because the guy already has a hard time walking into rooms with that beard being so big. I don't need his head any, any bigger than it is. But um, I do enjoy Eddie Kingston, I have to say. I yeah, don't think absolutely. I would. He's not normally someone that I usually kind of, you know, piggyback with and jump on the bandwagon, the type of wrestler he is and, and, and his, his, you know, his mouthpiece that he is. Um, but I do enjoy what he's doing. I have to say, I think he's thriving in this environment. And to be quite honest, He's in the right company where he needs to be. Um, I don't think he would work in NXT or Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT UK, any of that stuff. Now, there's cl- clearly they, they allow you a lot more rope in, in AEW, and, and yeah. people like him need that. That's how they get over where they come yeah. from, and that is where that's their niche. And and yeah. I think it'd behoove anybody to do put be put in that situation. I couldn't agree more. And I think Eddie definitely found a home there and he found his place and he's doing, he's doing great things, but he did open up the show with Pac and it was a brutal match, hard hitting. You know, it's always funny. Cause like when you see Pac, you think Adrian Neville, you think Neville obviously put his time back in, um, in NXT WWE, but it's kind of cool to see like the evolution of his character and to see the potential that he really had. And I'm happy that he's doing it over there because I do, I did like watching him. I know like he had the superhero gimmick because that's, that's Vince McMahon's go-to. You can jump high, you can fly, you can be a superhero. Um, That's his thing. But so it was a good opening match. It was a brutal match. Um, 
Pac got the win, which I think he needed to because of, you know, Kingston and all the interference that he's been doing going on with the death triangle and whatnot. But a match that I do want to get your guys' opinion on is uh, Chuck Taylor and Miro. One of the members of Best Friends and Miro. And the reason my voice goes down is because I was extremely disappointed in that match and I did not enjoy it for what it was. I knew that Chuck was going to lose because he's going to have to be the quote unquote um, butler as they're advertising it um, up until the wedding for um, Kip and Penelope. What was, the, what was Tom, do you remember what was the, what is the wrestling term? Your good boy, your, your bitch boy. What, what, what do you call when you have a young boy, your young boy? Do you remember? Uh, they, they call a wrestling term. What I'm trying to allude to right now is there, there's a term for when like a young guy joins a company and he, he like aligns himself with like a veteran or tries to like prove his way or he's a rookie. They call it, like, I think, a young boy. So okay. whatever. They're, they're calling it a butler. I was extremely disappointed in this match. I didn't think it was fun at all. Yeah. Um, I knew what the final the finish was going to be. I just think that I just can't understand how Miro, unless Miro's having a blast just playing video games on Twitch, how can he honestly sit there and say that he is being used to the best of his ability? Exactly. I want to hear from both of you guys with this one. I mean, in my opinion, Tommy, if you want to open. Yeah, Tommy, you want to go first? I mean, it's like, I mean, he was bitching about how he's using WWE and now he's doing, I mean, he's doing this. I mean, I don't know. I just, I thought, like you said, we knew going in what was going to happen, and the match is just, ah, just stupid, and I don't know. Hopefully, you know, next couple of months they start using them better, but it seems like he went from, you know, WWE to this, and it's, it's the same thing with him. I mean, that's that's what it looks like to me. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's happier down there. I don't know, but it's just, I don't, it's just, just mind-boggling to me how they're using them, but, you know, it is what it is, unfortunately. I like comedic segments. I do. I love to laugh. It's fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's, but it's got to it. it's got to come from someone that can constantly deliver that, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's special people that can can that can ride the comedic thing for their entire career, right? And and, and some of the best ones have it. Like look at Sandow and uh, yeah. Yeah. guys like that. Ooh, you know funny, what I mean? Like man. guys, funny as shit. Sometimes it only takes you so far, unfortunately. It does. It only, and that's a good point, Nick. Right? You just said it right there. The comedic thing only takes you so far. We're gonna have to eventually see what Miro can do in the ring. Santino, to be quite right? Honest. San, Santino was another yeah, one. Santino was yeah. another one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, our truth. Look at our truth. Yeah. 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 Oh God. I mean, he's been around. I mean, geez, John Cena was his hero. The guy's been around forever. Um, and he and he hasn't hasn't changed one ounce of look his entire career. Jack really shredded his entire life. <laughs> it's it's scary, man. He's got the fountain of youth. But like Nick was alluding to before, you know, the comedy only brings you so far. And when I look at Miro, I don't think comedy act. I think big brute. Exactly. Um, and it's funny in there in his entrance, they're like formerly from Bulgaria, but now residing in Nashville. It's like <laughs> they're really trying to separate his Bulgarian Rusev gimmick and say he is Miro from Nashville. Um, and I just hope that eventually he can get to a little bit more physical. The only time I really saw him thrive was in that it was in that uh, the diamond, the dynamite diamond battle royal when I saw him get a little physical. And it was very small spots. Otherwise, I did. I've been kind of, in my opinion, a little let down by him. Tommy, what are you gonna say? I'm sorry, but no. I mean, the thing that gets me too, you know, when he made his debut, he goes, you know, basically blasting, you know, WWE, saying I, you know, I went for your brass ring and you know this and that, blah blah blah. You think okay, he's gonna be like a huge monster, and now he's just like a comedy act. So I mean, it's like he's just a complete 180 but you know just it's just weird to me that's all no it is weird but what isn't weird and nick let's definitely talk about this is the inner circle shared their new year's resolutions with everybody yes they did and and you know i know you love to hear what jericho's got to say i gotta say man i know it became organic because you know i know jericho is not considered a face right now i know he was a heel for a while in AEW, and he was kind of in that tweener role but 
I can't not help sing along to Judas every time he comes out. <laughs> good song. It's just, it's, it's, how it do, you, a good do, song. You, do you do it too, it's right? A, do you do it's it too? Impressive. Eh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Judas in your mind? Maybe. Um, so, you know, Jericho and the Inner Circle kind of come out. You know, they have like their little, like, I guess, town hall meeting, New Year's resolution meeting, and they kind of let, you know, they kind of start talking about some stuff. But what came of it is that we are going to see next week a three-way tag match to decide who is the tag team of the inner circle. Because I believe Sammy Guevara said that Chris Jericho is a tag team slut, if I'm not mistaken. Filthy. Um, Jericho (laughs) and Hager, lay sex gods, now with MJF. Sammy wasn't having it. And you know what? Neither am I. I want to know who's Jericho's favorite. Did you see the part when Jericho said, wait, you're Sammy Hagar? (laughs) <laughs> and Sammy didn't get it. That yeah. shit was fucking genius. It was one of those little lines that if you like, I think a lot of people may have picked it up, or if you didn't, but if you hear it back, Sammy it's Hagar. actually it's fucking genius. It's, it is good. <laughs> well, what Jericho does is genius. The man is a genius. But what we're gonna, what the inner circle did allude to, is that we're gonna get a three-way tag match to decide who the tag team of the inner circle is. And as Nick just said before, we have Sammy Hagar, um, we have Santana Ortiz, and we have Jericho and MJF. So, boys, I know we normally predict from shows, you know, week to week in terms of just regular shows, but just for the hell of it, Nick, who's coming out in this one? Who's going to be the tag team of uh, the Inner Circle, in your opinion? Uh, it's got to be Jericho MJF. Has to be. Has to be. I couldn't agree with you more. I vote yeah. the same with you. Tommy, what do you think? Yeah. And you, Sam, yeah. you Sammy Hagar? No, yeah. Oh, you're MJF. Uh, make a clean sweep. Yeah, Jericho MJF. All right. Um. So I was a, I I don't like I'm not trying to break down each show but there's I feel like there's a couple of things in NXT and and AEW that we kind of to kind of hit on because there's some important points that stuck out to me so I don't mean to kind of do this on every single point but there's a couple of things that I definitely do want to hit on before we do close our AEW segment there actually is a bunch more things but we'll get to them um, Kenny Omega they said the Elite is going to be in action so when you think of the Elite you think of Omega and the Young Bucks right yeah Kenny Omega comes out Don Callis announces his best friends. The tag team champions, the Good Brothers. We saw a Good Brother, good the Good Brothers in ring. I guess you can type say debut for Dynamite. Um, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers took on Pillman, Griff Garrison, and where my limelight, Danny Limelight. Sorry, I couldn't see my note. Um, the match itself, I thought was good. Um, it re-reminded me what the Good Brothers could do as a tag team. They were like a legitimate tag team. It kind of gets me crazy. I'm happy that they're thriving in their area, and I'm happy to do what they're doing. But how did WWE miss on these guys? Oh, that's uh, that's one of the, that's one of the mysteries the last couple of years. I don't know. Like they they always want to have a they want to have like a legitimate tag team, right? We think of tag teams in New Day, the Usos, and such. The Good Brothers came as a tag team. They weren't even put together under your roof. They came as a tag team. Uh, bingo, you got it. That's the answer right there. They weren't WWE made. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. always like been the kiss of death of anybody who's talented or has a, 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 a known a being known elsewhere is where they are very unhappy when people come there. They try to like almost knock you down. You know what I mean? Because you weren't them. You weren't original. Nah. It's and not I feel like that's a trend. Right? Look, 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 look around and, and see that. And it's very rare people that come from other other brands become who became known in other brands have become huge in wwe yeah, yeah. Or, or at least with, within the last i would say maybe 10 15 years right tell I mean, me aj, AJ, AJ only, styles yeah, was signed only, as a joke yeah, yeah. styles was signed as a joke it was cool to bring him in for the rumble they never anticipated him becoming the biggest thing in in, in the game 
Yeah. Never. No, you, you're you're absolutely right. And it's sad because watching the Good Brothers on Dynamite and watching them on the Impact matches I've seen, it just re-reminds me of they are a legitimate good team and they can carry a division. And you know what? Good for AEW. Good for Impact. Good for them. Good for the Good Brothers. They deserve this. Um, that's just what I wanted to hit on with you guys. I just, I just couldn't believe that, you know, seeing them, it's like, how could WWE let, let money just go out the door? But like Nick said, if you're not made in-house, you're never given the respect that you probably should be deserved, which is honestly probably true. And talking about comedy, um, Carl, Carl Anderson delivers that every day in and day out, man. That guy's great. Oh, he yeah. is fantastic. But also what is great is that we had the debut of Britt Baker's waiting room segment. Noodles, this is going to be a me and you. Tommy, of course, you always can chime in. But Britt Baker, this was a segment that's not been on Dynamite yet. It's been on Dark. Um, we had the waiting room. Right and I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. You're still waiting to be. You're still waiting to be seen by the doctor. She's you know it. Just, she's gonna come. Rebel Reba. She's gonna come get you. It's gonna be your time in the chair soon. <laughs> Britt Baker is really good on the mic. She's really good on the mic. I I. She's authentic. She delivers her lines. She's really good. She's a good wrestler. She's got. She's the total package, um, in my opinion, for AEW in their women's division. I thought she was great. And her first guest was Cody Rhodes. And before Cody came out, she took those nice jabs and, 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 and digs at him. And I liked it because it just, it kind of just, it continued to show her range on the mic. Um, Cody came out. It was good up until, in my opinion, Jade Cargrill came out and I think derailed the entire segment. Yeah. Now I know that I know the intention is like on all talk shows across all wrestling platforms is when you have a show, you have your guests, you have someone come in and you always make chaos. But I felt that the chaos wasn't a good in this in this one. I really thought Jade, and no disrespect to Jade, I just maybe maybe the segment wasn't as great. Maybe the lines weren't as good. But I just felt like it. Cody was almost like a non-piece factor because he spoke for like one or two lines and he was gone. It was really Jade that that wanted to come on here and rip Brandy. It just it it felt a little bit too convoluted to me. Nick, I don't want to. I'm I'm giving praise to Britt Baker, so don't get mad at me. I do yeah. like her, but. In, in that kind of segment with Jade kind of coming out, and I know Jade is – she looks like $100 million. Don't yeah, yeah. get me wrong. She looks like a billion dollars. But I think her mic work is still kind of, you know, to it's be in, It's desired. in progress. It's in progress right. for sure. She's getting better, but it's going to take a little time. It's You can't put someone in a situation where they're a complete mismatch in a certain area, right? If you want to cut a promo that's effective, you can't put someone who's not that great at speaking with the best you have to offer. It just makes them look even worse. And the whole point of anything is to put someone in a position where they can always be successful. And that's when you have to get physical right out the gate. You know what I mean? She can talk a little bit, say a couple of lines and then go right into a beatdown. but you can't let someone just get killed on the mic when they have nothing to rebuttal with. It's not a good look. Right. Yeah. And maybe I'm being too hard on her. Maybe I'm being too hard on her. And listen, add us on at WrestleBuzz on Twitter. I'm not going to be the one answering you. Joey is. So if you no, want to say lot, something. There's a lot of potential there, though. And and and, and it, it will get better. And she will be a star. However, it's just right now, it's tough to, you know, you don't want anyone to look bad. And the women's division is already hindering because of their a own doing. Bit. You can't, you can't make bit. it worse. Yeah. I think they try to tie in too many storylines in this segment. They try to bring in Cody, which was kind of like the, the leeway, the, the segue to Brandy. But Brandy's away, so then Brandy's one of Brandy's girls that, that likes Brandy, Velvet, uh, Red Velvet, came in. So I think they, they tried doing a lot, and then they tied it back to Thunder Rosa. So you had Thunder and then they Rosa, go to a commercial, you had Britt Baker, you had Commercial, you had Cody, you had Brandy, you had Jade, you had Velvet. It was a lot. 
Yeah. It was a lot. I thought the segment delivered when it opened. I thought Britt delivered her lines. And then I think from there, that's when the, I think when the show went kind of off, off the rails. Um, yeah. Gotta be I careful do hope, going too long. That allows more, more room to, to, you know, to get a little sloppy. Yeah. I do hope that I want to see more waiting room segments. I think it's a, AEW doesn't, doesn't have that many talk show segments. So I think letting Britt Baker have this be something additional to kind of add to her repertoire of, of what her full character is. I think it's great. I just want to see it hopefully a little bit less convoluted next time, in my opinion. Hey, we break it down. No disrespect. Just telling you what I – just calling how I see it. But calling how I see it, Ty Conti took on Serena D for the NWA Women's Championship. In my opinion, could be controversial, best wrestling match of the night. In my opinion, I enjoyed the hell out of Tay Conti and Serena Deeb. I was blown away. Serena Deeb is a professional wrestler. She is a professional wrestler. That girl is good in the ring. And I got to give Tay Conti, a young young girl um, who didn't spend a lot of time at NXT. And I even think before NXT, she didn't really do too much beforehand. She delivered in that match, man. Her background (laughs) in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA and, and her wrestling I was I enjoyed that match. That was a good match, in my opinion. Boys, I'll go to both of you. Um, Tommy, I like the match. Serena Deep retained, but Tay Conti, I think she showed what she could be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I thought it was a shame that I guess she wanted to get let go of NXT, whatever. I always thought she could have been, you know, something great down there. But, you know, I guess things happen for a reason. But, no, yeah, she's she's very good. And, I mean, hopefully this is maybe the turn for the women's division down in AEW. Who knows? But no, if they keep using her more like that, I think it would be very good. But no, great match overall. Great match overall. I think the kiss of death, like Nick likes to like, – that's got to be like your thing, the kiss of death, Nick. That'll be your thing, the KOD, um, <laughs> will be pretty much that she wasn't the biggest talker on the mic. And yeah, I think yeah. WWE's biggest thing is you need to be able to speak. And sometimes they value speaking over wrestling. Sometimes. Yeah. Nah, Sometimes I do, yeah. I think yeah. I think WWE though will will regret that one with with yeah. Tay because I think she is she's very athletic, she's talented as hell, and with with the proper grooming, I think she can be really good, really really good. Young, hungry, good look, good background, good story, got it different all. character. Got it all. She, I think she, I do, I agree. I think she has it all. And I think AEW has a diamond with this one. And I mean, listen, if you want to hit any points of the match, it's up to you. But I, no, I, was, I, was, was I thought it was the best game. wrestling match of the night. I really no do. No question. I just wish they would stop going to commercials during yes. women's oh, matches. Oh, my like, God. I mean, they, re- they really kill the flow. Like, especially when they don't give them that much time to work. You can't take away from it when you go picture in picture um, and there's no commentary and you don't really put emphasis on it, right? I mean, the division is still – pretty weak and if you're trying to build it and make it comparable you have to give it the time that it deserves maybe every once in a while start the show with the women's match show that you actually give a shit with it um That'd be nice get idea. people entertained right because you know when did be most eyes on anything right when it's beginning starts. and end yeah start so, and end. you know what i mean so sometimes you, you gotta you gotta bite the bullet you know you can do a little promo to start the show and go right into the women's match boom you know what i mean but you got to put a little bit more emphasis and care into, into what you're trying to accomplish with the women good point Good point. Um, and then let's, let's wrap up at AEW. We had the um, TNT championship match between Darby and Brian Cage. And I know I said it before in the Johnny Dexter Loomis segment, but this is another one where I got to give Brian Cage and, and, and Darby Allen some credit, man. They, they can wrestle big. They can wrestle small. And yes, Darby got that little brother beat down. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know I mean, for those who have little brothers, except for Nick's case, his little brother beat up the big brother, but um <laughs> You, you know, for those, uh, 
and, and you know, it reminded me of like a little brother, big brother segment, right? Like the little brothers, Darby, the big brothers, Brian Cage, 101 pounds heavier than he is. But I thought they did, both of them did a good job and they were able to wrestle at both of their strengths, to be quite honest. I, I, I was, in, I did enjoy this match. I thought it was good. Um, Darby did end up getting the win. There was a little bit of, you know, outside interactions that were going on because it pretty much team tabs on the outside, but Darby had no one. But did he? The icon Sting was there to kind of even the odds. And we finally saw a little bit of a Ricky Starks had a little bit of that bat in the stomach, a little action, <laughs> um, which I've been waiting for someone to get hit with. Yeah, like, how many absolutely. weeks that Sting's been here? Like, hit somebody with a bat, please. Thank you. <laughs> I needed that segment. Um, but Darby ended up getting the win. So all in all, I thought AW was a good show. I did enjoy it, too. Wednesdays are fun. Um, last night, I can't lie, I was watching WandaVision. I did not get a chance to watch SmackDown. But I did start a little bit this morning. I know Tommy did, and I did read about it. So, boys, um, I'll roll through a couple things. Any segments you want to talk about, you can. But pretty much, um, Shinsuke took on Jey Uso, and I thought was, you know, from what I read and what I will watch, was a good idea to continue to push Shinsuke. He got the original music back, and main event Jey needs to be on every show because he's main event Uso. Um Shinsuke got the win, which I thought was good. Um, Daniel Bryan took on Cesaro, and what I read was a fantastic match. But again, are we surprised? Dude, you know, it's so funny. Like, Daniel Bryan reminds me of, like, I'm going to be careful when I say this, and I'm not saying to the the star ability, but of, like, like, think of, like, Steve Austin. And I mean it in length of career, not body of work. Because Daniel Bryan was hurt for a little while. Mm-hmm. And he went away for some years and then he was, he was with, with them. He got released. He came back, he got hurt. He came back. So it was like, we haven't had that full run, but this guy is like gold. Yeah. Like he's legit. He's one of the like, best. Sure, sure. One of the best. Every match he's in is like a five-star match. And you put him in Cesaro and something. And we've alluded to, and I know I'm sure it was either Nick or Tom, but I'm sure one or if not both, you agree. Cesaro is underutilized. Oh, this was so it's, good. It's, so, it's, it's such actually a good idea. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Criminal. It's criminal. Such a good idea to put these two together in a match, and they delivered as we all knew they would. Um, the Billy Kay segment, I think, is hysterical with her and and the Riot Squad. I love the idea. She's she's so silly and funny, and any yeah, more Billy Kay for me is is good. But we did get a swerve at at Royal Rumble. We are going to be getting, I believe, it's a last man standing match between Kevin Owens and the Tribal Chief Roman yeah. Reigns. So Adam nice. Pierce was able to swindle his way out of pull, that. Pulled the one over. It was nice. Yeah, that was pulled, good. pulled one over. <laughs> So, boys, that's what I kind of read really quick before the show to kind of prepare myself. So I'll leave it to you, uh, Tommy. Anything that stood out on SmackDown, I know we're kind of coming up on time, um, you know, because then the sponsors get all mad when we go over an hour. You know, Joey doesn't think so, but they, they cut us right off. Mad. They yeah, cut USA. us right off. <laughs> um, Tommy, anything about SmackDown stood out to you? Good show. You enjoyed it. Any good moments that you liked? No, I think stood out. Definitely Shinsuke. I think they're going to start. I think after Rumble's over and most likely Roman beats KO in the last minute, I think it's going to be him and Roman at Mania. I really do. I think the people are behind him. Like, kind of like Joey said, I think last week, it's like a Kofi Mania type thing. You know, people, you know, how they got Kofi in the main event a few years back and everything. So I really think it's Shinsuke's time again to, um, to you know, get in the main event picture. But no, that match. Awesome match to start the start the night and everything. So yeah, that's my takeaway. I think Shinsuke is the next challenger for the belt. And I love that they brought back the original Shinsuke music because nothing would make me happier than hearing the fans hum along to Shinsuke's theme song. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick story really it, right? quick. Oh, I missed it. Really quick story. Um, really cool. Nick and I were at NXT, one of the NXT Brooklyn. I think it was Brooklyn two, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and. Nick has an experience of Shinsuke in person theme song. Neither did I, but 
you know me. I'm always dialed into NXT. I've been since day one. I'll be forever. Yes, you are. You but, you were the original. <laughs> but when 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 we were in NXT Brooklyn, we were in a suite. I do want to kind of put a little you know put a little clout to the name that we were in a suite <laughs> in Brooklyn. That's how we roll, and we had food. So it was yes, like we, we got a suite with no food. It, we it, had food. It was legit. It was legit. It was legit. We did it big, but. And Nick, I know you can allude to this. When when the when the crowd was behind Shinsuke and that they hummed that theme music, oh, and like, it like took over. Like it was amazing. Yeah. There's it was nothing special. like NXT crowds. There's nothing like NXT crowds. But Shinsuke is is oh. a, is a, is a star, and I'm so happy he's being given a little bit of something. And Tom, I really hope you're right. Shinsuke Mania, man, take me to Mania. Give me Shinsuke Roman. Something I didn't know I wanted, but I will definitely take. Uh, Nick, for you, just to wrap up SmackDown. You can hit on a couple points. Anything that's out to you? I know you said you enjoyed the show earlier in the show. Yeah, I, sure. you know, I always enjoy it, but anything you got just to give to our people? I will say, going back to that Brooklyn story, though, it, it was – I'd never seen you guys as excited for two theme songs <laughs> as you say do. it. Don't say it. Say it. Nakamura. Say it. No way, Jose. I'm going to mute – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit you right out for that one. <laughs> oh, shit. But, so uh, what, what Nick is alluding to is that <laughs> – some of the members of NXT came up to our suite and actually asked Nick to be in the No Way Jose um, <laughs> conga line. And Nick said, listen, I really want to, but you know what? I'm, I'm okay. He really I'm wanted a, to. I was more of a rosebud type of guy. Rosebud. He, he's not a lemon. He's a rosebud. So Adam, little, uh, Adam Rose, right? That was this guy's name? I'm sorry. It's yeah, Adam Rose. Rose yep. nice, little, nice little throwback. Nice. But all, uh, all but jokes it, aside, go ahead. But all man. jokes aside, seriously, with the SmackDown last night, uh, as Tommy was saying, as you were saying, I mean, Jey Uso is legit, and it's nice mm-hmm. to see he's arrived as a singles competitor and what he can do as a heel. Uh, the rise of Shinsuke is what we've been waiting for for so long, and yep. it's great to see, and hopefully his ascension continues. And my God, about time with Cesaro to get, a, I mean, a monstrous, monstrous victory over Daniel Bryan last night. And there's nothing more you can say about how not only how great Daniel Bryan is, but what he's willing to do to put other people over and not hurt himself in the process is remarkable. And, you know, it's just great to see. And I hope Cesaro can just continue to trend because he's been in a diamond in a rough since they've had him. Yeah. And it's time that he gets his long overdue run. He is the, he is a, he really is a team player. Potentially the best, the best athlete on the roster. Pound for pound. Absolutely. They say he's the strongest guy on the roster and that's saying a lot. I know. Yeah. That is saying a lot. I mean, look at him. The guy is chiseled out of stone. Um, Boys. I know we have an MVP segment, but, you know, we had a lot of wrestling to cover this week. I think we did a great job. Joey, I hope we didn't make you proud because I want to do better than what you do because we are better. Um, than you and you and know it. Know it. <laughs> um, boys, it's MVP time. Um, I'm going to go last. Tommy, MVP. We had a lot of wrestling segments this week, a lot of stuff going on. Who is your MVP of the week? I want to go with the guy we just mentioned, Shinsuke Nakamura. My man. I like it. I love it, actually. Shinsuke, he deserves it. Uh, uh, no Nick, question. you know, I'll give you a second. It was a lot of wrestling. No, it's just, um, I mean, it's, it's clear as day. I mean, I, w- I was tossing and turning a little bit, but uh, Tommy got one and the other to me is Cesaro, no question. I mean, anytime you can beat Daniel Bryan clean yeah. is, uh, is big time. I Listen, I couldn't agree with you more. Fantastic pick. And my MVP of the week is us because we don't have Joey to hold us down so we can finally thrive in what we need to do. That guy talks 70% of the time. It's ridiculous. I'm just giving yeah. and, shots and, and, of the and, Michael K. Show. And your, host, and your hosting skills, is like you were in some Zaya Lee training, man. Tremendous. Yeah. Incredible. Listen, I can, I can pull him out. If, you, if anyone remembers to the original, the first run of TWJ, you were, you were. I hosted that show. Joey as rode Re- my coattails. As Reggie Jackson would say, the straw that stirs the drink. drink. <laughs> You're damn right. I am as cool as the other side of the pillow, and Joey knows it. Um, all jokes aside, my MVP of the week. God, there was so much that went on this week in wrestling. Oh, 
Whew. Jeez. I'm going to go with uh, – gonna... I think you should go with the one and only Adam Pierce and outsmarting. <laughs> You know what? The tribal chief. Yeah. I'll t- I'll take that help, Nick. I'll take it right there. Adam Pierce, you are my you are my MVP of the week because you're not gonna get that beat down on R- on Royal Rumble because I know it's been a long time. And I think what's his Twitter handle? Sugar Daddy, Sugar oh, Daddy AP or something like that. So, Sugar, you ain't gonna get that beat down. He's, he's doing great work, man. I'm a very and not only did he outsmart Roman, he outsmarted the one and only Paul Heyman. Not a lot of people do right. that. So. You don't normally do that. So you know what, boys? I appreciate that. I appreciate that help with that one. Adam Pierce, you are my MVP of the week. And what um, we have in common is the best show in wrestling, all SmackDown. <laughs> there we go. The, the, the clean sweep. Boys, I can't. Listen, I had a great time. I always love doing this with you guys every Saturday morning because that's what we do every Saturday morning. We bring to you, in our opinion and yours, the best wrestling podcast, um, The Wrestling Journal, brought to you by WrestleBuzz. And you can find us on Twitter at WrestleBuzz with three Zs and on Instagram at WrestleBuzz. Um, listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Tuner, TuneIn Radio, Tuner, whatever it's called, um, iHeartRadio, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we have a radio station on there. Probably not. But, Joey, get on it. Either way, just ask Alexa. Hey, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Wrestling Journal podcast. And you know what? You're going to hear our beautiful voices take you through that next hour of wrestling. Everybody, be safe. Watch for wrestling. We'll see you next week.